Today's guest has over 25 years of experience leading teams and organizations. He gets great satisfaction helping others grow into their potential. Now, that is a, that's a key phrase about leadership. He's in a great job for solving problems, too. And of course, he's going to share his journey, which is going to light a bunch of people up in the radio industry because of what his journey has been like, what he's up to today, and his thoughts about the future of the radio business. It's all coming up from John Mesh, Vice President, General Manager, West Texas Radio Group, Midland, Odessa, Texas, and it's coming right up. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up if you're in the radio business, giving you good advice, hearing stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We provide affordable help for local broadcasters looking to make more money. We are branding specialists who help our clients fully develop the right position for their local radio market, coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce daily music logs if they need that, provide them with excellent voice trackers, sales and promotional ideas that move the ratings and revenue needle, and much more. We're confidential and market exclusive for radio. Do you have a problem that gets in the way of that next level of revenue for your station or cluster? Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. How can we help you? Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We are only a minute or two away from talking with John Mesh in Midland, Texas. And oh, my goodness, I'm looking forward to this and have been for a long time. You can see our full guest calendar, by the way, all the way through. I think we're booking people in December right now. It's in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do this because we believe in this uh, theory that we have. Uh, it's a theory of abundance. Ask me about it sometimes. So I'll be glad to share it with you. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Heads up. Uh, today's guest went to West Texas A&M University. Now, we'll have a conversation about that. If you ask him about football, I got to say, I think you're going to hear something about the Dallas Cowboys. We'll cover that, too, maybe. He is the vice president, general manager of the West Texas Radio Group. Uh, what do you think you know about West Texas Radio today, right now? Well, are you ready? John, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm great, Lloyd. It's a pleasure being with you. It's a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Tell us about that first time radio experience. In other words, the first time radio entered the life of John Mesh. Well, it entered my life 40 years ago uh, in 1982, September, Snyder, Texas. I was going to college there at Western Texas College, and um, I just needed a job while I was going to school to do uh, print journalism. And I had a drama background, and so I went to the local radio station, and I said, well, 
I've got a drama background, uh, Mr. Program Director. I would uh, love to do some radio to earn some money while I go to school. And he said, back then, the uh, teletype was delivering the news, the big machine. <laughs> he ripped off some paper and he said, read the headlines here. It was Texas State News headlines. And I did that. And he said, OK, you got the job. And it was uh, 7 to midnight. Uh, while I was going to uh, college. And I also, uh, interestingly enough, that very first year, I got to do play-by-play -play for their um, basketball team, which went to the uh, Junior College National Championship in Hutchinson, Kansas. So that was a lot of fun. Man, had to be fun. Now, now look, you, you attended college there, which I assume the name change in the college has been, you know, part of the modernization of education in the United States or whatever. You know how they've done this with colleges, uh, made them part of certain systems. And, and what I want to know about back then and you and going to college, studying, what did you want to get from that experience and where did you think you were headed in your mind? Well, it was interesting because Western Texas College is actually a, a, a WTC is a, a junior college in Snyder, Texas. And then I went to West Texas A&M. Um, and what was interesting in my junior year, um, I had already been in the business, so to speak, for a couple of years. And so when I got to my first set of classes there uh, at radio television uh, there in Canyon, Texas, at West Texas A&M, I was like, about halfway through, I was like, wait a minute. Um, I'm not really, no offense. I mean, the, the instruction was good, but I'm, I already, I already am doing this right. in, in, in practice. And so, um, so that's, and I didn't, I didn't finish because I was, uh, you know, I went ahead and went, uh, uh, to work in Amarillo for KGNCAM and then, uh, a new station that started up a legendary AC station called class FM there in Amarillo. And so, and I never looked back. And, and so I was there, you know, uh, a year and a half and, and, uh, it was a it was a great time, but it was one of those situations where, you know, I got such an early start and and got a, a good experience doing a lot of different things in the radio station that the classroom was just not uh, going to be something I wanted to spend the money on. Well, and not only that, you know, and I know a little bit about this, these kinds of experiences, too, because I started out so young. Uh, my first programming job, believe it or not, I was 23 and I had already been on the air since I was 14. Full wow. Time. Wow. Full time. Wow. So, so listen, you know, it, whether it's that situation or, you know, these different broadcast schools that you see around the country, you know, you want to know what the toughest broadcast uh, school is? It's called the school of hard knocks. And a lot right. of people in the country know that about a lot of different industries. Listen, uh, so your path goes through Amarillo. Now, what else was involved before you got to your 14 years at Cumulus? Well, I was in Amarillo at, um, like I said, at the KLS uh, radio station. That was, we put that signed on in uh, March of 1985. I was there until October of 87. And then I got my very first program director's job in Lubbock um, at a classic hit station. That was October of 87. And I was, uh, I was 23 as well, Lloyd. So <laughs> ah, <laughs> we, wow. have that, we have that in common. Well, so, we got more in common than that because look, you may not know this because we talked about how you and I had an, um, a chance encounter around the 20, around the turn of the century in Charleston, South Carolina. Yes. Ultimately did not, it went another direction for you. 
uh, unfortunately for me, but, but you probably don't know this. I did a lot of years in Texas. Yeah. So wow. a lot of the years you're talking about right now, I was in Texas. Oh, wow. That's great. I love that. Yeah. The world yeah. is a small place, right? It's so small. It really is. And so, um, so I was, uh, that was my first program director's job and I was there for two years. And then I went back to Amarillo to, uh, to a, a top 40 station, um, mm. kiss FM and did that for until, uh, until 98, uh, well, I had a stint in country too, but then in 98 is when I came down here to middle of Odessa to work for, uh, Tommy Basket Q and, uh, and, and Kim, well, and then he had just sold the stations to, to Cumulus. And so that's when I came down here to be the uh, program director and morning show host right. for country. Right. So, so right there, here's where things get a little, they get a little high. And I say they get a little hot, not because you're in Midland, Odessa, but because you do something incredible in this period of time where you are now, where you were in the first 14 years also, but in a different way. You spent 14 years with Cumulus as the ops manager right. of their Midland Odessa cluster. Now, um, tell us how you came to work there and what that experience was like for you. Well, the experience of working for Cumulus was, uh, was great on levels of working with really uh, talented people that uh, I learned a lot from. I mean, the consultants that worked for Cumulus at the time that I was working for them, you know, uh, Val Garris and uh, Bob Raleigh, uh, Bill Jones, uh, Jan Jeffries, uh, you know, uh, John Dickey. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a situation where you got to work with a lot of uh, radio pros that had immense resumes and, and great experiences. Uh, Jim Kennedy was another one I really enjoyed working with. And so um, that experience was great. And, and um, uh, so for, for many years, uh, I got to learn. And, and the cool thing about being ops manager, we had, we had a country station, a top 40 station. You know, we had an AC station and a rock station. And so I got to work with all of these different consultants on, across all the platforms. So sure. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was great. But the best thing I did early on was, I got my head in the numbers. And so what I mean by that is that I was always going to the back of the radio station going, Hey, what is that? What, what, what are you guys doing back there? What's your, what are you, it's, that's your, that's your budget. That's your number to your goal. What, what is all that about? And so mm -hmm. you know, salespeople would explain that. And I learned early on, uh, always uh, be interested in that side of the building and keep your head in the numbers because that's ultimately what keeps everybody employed and, and the, and the, is the measure of the radio station. It's really and, the business that we're in. Yeah, it absolutely is. And so I've always told uh, people that ask, I said, you know, the best thing you can do is very early on, if you want to, uh, you know, make an ascension into, you know, radio management uh, from the programming side is make sure that as quickly as you can, you start hanging out with the sales manager and you talk to the salespeople and asking about their goals and what they do and about the numbers and the budgets, because that is the information that's going to uh, be valuable to you. And when you combine the programming side with this knowledge of the sales side, then all of a sudden you're, you're leading a team and you really understand full circle what everybody's doing and what their challenges are and what they, what they experience. A lot of people in our business think that we're in the entertainment business. 
we are in the advertising business. Absolutely. So listen, I think it's unusual to find somebody who was the ops manager in West Texas, and then they end up the vice president and general manager of another cluster in West Texas in the same market. How did this come to be? <laughs> well, it was it was a, a funny story because Tommy Vasquez was the one that hired me uh, to Midland Odessa to be the program director and morning show host back in '98. And he, you know, he sold the stations to Cumulus. He stayed on for a period of time. And then, you know, we didn't run into each other again until, you know, um, probably the early part of 2012. And mm. and he had bought these, uh, he bought three stations back from uh, Town Square because Town Square just purchased the Cumulus stations. Right. And he, he called me and Honest to God, Lloyd, I thought, okay, well, he's calling me to be the ops manager. Right? right. And he said, well, how would you feel about being the general manager? And I was like, yeah, because uh, I had applied to be the general manager when I was at Cumulus unsuccessfully uh, uh, probably a year before that. Um, did but, he know that? Uh, I did. I told him that afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and so he, he said, how would you like to do that? And I said, I think that'd be great. And then I asked him, I said, what did you, what, what, what was, what was the, the catalyst behind you thinking that I could do this job other than the fact that, you know, you, you hired me and you knew what you, you know, what you got when you hired me, et cetera. Well, John, you, you gotta be thinking the way I'm thinking right now, which is what did Tommy see in you? Well, uh, he saw something. Yeah, he walked into the radio station unbeknownst to me one time before he asked me uh, to uh, interview. He walked into our radio stations. And at that time, um, you know, there was any time and you've been through this before, too. Anytime that there is a a sale or there's a change, um, I mean, it it can make the morale uh and the, oh it's a super fun time john yeah it can it can make the morale, <laughs> uh, yeah challenging around the building right and so he walked in unbeknownst to me he walked in just to visit and you know visit the old visit the old hometown so to speak right and and he saw you know everybody was uh you know in a pretty uh, pretty great state of mind and happy and having fun working there and and he thought to he told me so i thought to myself well if um, if everybody is of this mindset while this is going on, then that must mean something to the person who's in charge of overseeing this operation. And so right. uh, I was like, wow, that's cool. And, and to know that it was just uh, I didn't know that he had done that was was made it even you know more special. Absolutely. Listen, I, I kind of feel like I know that Tommy's going to be on this list and I'm not trying to put Tommy on this list, but as you know, we are the encouragers on this podcast and look on the encouragers, the radio rally podcast on Apple audible and Spotify. We talk to our guests about mentors, mentoring, and sometimes both. Do you have a mentor or mentors that have changed your life? If so, can you share a story about how they maybe have positively impacted you and why you believe having a mentor is so important in our business? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first one 
that comes to mind was uh, Joe, uh, Joe Joffrey, Joe Jeffrey from uh, Amarillo. He was uh, the program director that put um, the AC station that I worked on in 1985, uh, Class FM. Um, and at the time, it was consulted by Fair West. It was consulted by Reg and George Johns. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, so here I am working uh, on this station that's consulted by these legendary consultants. and The Creative oh, Brothers, right? Oh, my gosh. And this radio, <laughs> this radio station was bigger than life. And so oh, yeah. he was charged with, with with taking that that big mark, that big time experience and, and, and recreating that in Amarillo. And he did, he did such a good job and he was so, he was so meticulous about detail. That's when I really, you know, I think learned that, that it's that details are, you know, so very important, even the smallest ones. Um, yes. And then of course, yeah. Uh, when Tommy hired me, I got to work with Ed and Pam Shane, which was, I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. Which was uh, amazing. Um, I know Ed. Yeah. And so, uh, and Tommy, uh, you know, was such a great mentor uh, to me and because he, he believes and still does um, in local radio and, and the power of, of, of local radio and really why it's important and what it can do when it's done right. And so, um, and so I always took that away from him and also a great work ethic and, and still, uh, um, a passion for radio because so many, so many of us that, uh, uh, that know a lot of people in our business over the years, we've watched a few of them more than a few of them really kind of, uh, lose their spark, you know, kind yes. of lose their, lose their love for, for a variety of reasons. But, um, he really, the entire time I've known him is still today has as much passion about, what we do in our business as he did the day he hired me. So I, that, that's been something that, uh, um, is so profound to me and, and is so, um, useful to me going forward. And I got to tell you, uh, not just you, but the people that you're responsible to in your cluster of radio stations, they hopefully recognize what an incredible thing that is to have an owner that's so passionate about local radio. Absolutely. It was so, and it was so great because, um, we just recently got, uh, you know, our ratings back and, um, for the first time since, uh, well, kicks 99 won our country station, uh, was the 12 plus overall number one station in Midland Odessa this last time. And, and, uh, with the highest share of the stations ever had in 21 years. Oh Yeah. That's the way that's what you like to hear right there. Yeah. yeah. And he loved and he took great pride in that. And I, and I loved, loved delivering that news. You bet. How might you describe the difference between a company like Cumulus and the West Texas radio group? Or is there a significant difference to you? Well, there's, there's certainly differences because of the, the, I, the scale. Right. I mean, right. But one thing I've learned, especially over the last few years, I, I, I got the chance to sit on a panel at the Texas Association of Broadcasters convention this year. I'm a, a board of director member, and, and we had a, a panel about uh, leadership during changing times. And it was um, emceed by John Hannon from Univision in Houston. And I got to sit on the panel with Glenn Coleman from Univision Houston and, and uh, 
uh, Tammy Honesty from Radio One in Dallas and and Mid myself. So mm-hmm. you know we had Dallas and Houston and Midland Odessa there, uh, and we were all talking about leadership during uh, changing times. And what I discovered was, um, Glenn is is a is a brilliant you know manager, and so is in Tammy, and so is in John, and mm-hmm. and their organizations are larger than mine, obviously. And I used to think, well, if the if the organization is large, then you can't possibly, you know, uh, achieve some of the things that we do on a on a smaller scale, as far as you know, creating an, an environment where people want to work there and they enjoy enjoy their time there. But I found out that it can be done because as we were talking on the panel and off the panel, I mean, it can be done, and it's and it's just a matter of uh, committing uh, to your people and and being very forthright about how important a role they play in your organization. And sometimes the larger the organization, those kind of things don't get passed down enough. And so all of a sudden you're caught up in this large group thinking, nobody can see me, nobody can hear me. It's, uh, I'm just out here on an island. And that's very that's very demotiv- demotivating. Uh, and what we do, what we're able to do is obviously I've got, you know, a smaller staff and we've got a smaller market and we are able to have a lot more face time and, and, uh, and the opportunities to, to encourage and, and tell people how much they mean to you and, and your organization. But that, that kind of thing, that doesn't, that's not a market size. That's a, a commitment to doing it size. Right? That's a philosophy, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. And it's a philosophy that in a lot of places, and I'm not, we not go name names because it's unnecessary. Right, okay. Right. But when it doesn't exist, I mean, demotivation is the, it's the rallying point of the day, which is not good for the business. No. And I think the one, I think the one thing Lloyd, if, if, if we had a time machine go back on, on some of the uh, uh, unfortunate, uh, you know, job cutting and things that some of the larger organizations have had to do over the years, Right. I think I think if they had figured out a way to go, you know what we can do, we can we can make everybody feel important. We just have to figure out a way to create smaller groups of people, and 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 leaders that can lead smaller groups of people in all of these large organizations, so that that we achieve this feeling of everybody feeling important. Because the mistake that was made was everybody all of a sudden started feeling unimportant, and and then when they look around and see you know, half their staff gone, uh, they go, well, I really do feel unimportant now. I mean, I feel important that I'm still here. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, you know, it's you know? really interesting, John. I wrote a piece today. I actually wrote a two-part piece about motivation. And, about, and one was about the sales team and one was about everybody on the team. And it's interesting that you bring this up because that demotivation, I, you know, to motivate people, they have to feel like what's happening with them, the work, the effort that they're putting in can result in changing the result. Okay. And number two, they have to feel like the measurement of their work is fair. And the probably the most important one it is, and I know you're going to tell us you're all about this because I can hear it in everything that you're doing. There has to be a shared mission. I don't mean you work somewhere and somebody else has a mission. I mean, right. the employees have to be a part of the mission, right? Absolutely do. Um, and, you know, it's about making them uh, 
understand or helping them understand that they are valued and they have a important contribution in the overall success of our our stations and that right. what we and that what we do is is really important i mean when you're helping businesses grow Uh, you're helping, you're helping dreams come true. And that's really true because you've, you've met, you've met small business owners, right? You've met who they got to just ask them about their business. And and that's the best because they all have a different story about why they started their business. And it's their story. Yeah. But once you are able to help them grow it and, and beyond what they may have even thought they could yeah. and they look at you and go, thank you because, you know, advertising on your stations or doing business with you is one of the best decisions we ever made. We're, 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 our sales are great. We're growing. I mean, that's cool. You bet. Tell us about your current stations, John. Okay, our current stations, I've got three. I've got uh, uh, our number one country station, uh, Kix 99.1, which is uh, just a tremendous local radio station that's been on the air since 2001. Um, I've got uh, an ops manager uh, who is uh, the longest tenured air talent in the market, Kelly Peterson. She does middays for us and and she's been with the station since it signed on in 2001. Uh, Tracy Scott in, in the afternoon is very talented as well, and he's been a, a market veteran. Um, and we and we run Big D and Bubba, and we also have, um, you know, a local uh, a local talent that uh, supplement that works with Big D and Bubba. So it's Big D Bubba and so and so. Nice. Yeah, and it, and it's and it's we've been able to make it work out uh, really really well. And we also have a classic hit station, seventies and eighties station, ninety seven gold, and then a rock station, rock ninety five one. So uh, I love the complement of the three stations that we have because we really kind of cover a real diverse audience and lots of age groups, and we've got something that can help most everybody. You got to tell me, you know, look, you've spent over ten years working for these stations and these people that you're responsible for, which is the sign of real leadership, right? Uh, They're not working for you. You're kind of working for them. What do you think the key to longevity is in the local radio business today? The key to longevity is uh, not being afraid to do anything in the building and also not being afraid to, um, um, kind of be selfless and, 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 and really, uh, really, really, really just shine a light on everyone you can, because, you know, the key was every successful, really successful radio station is a lot is made up of a lot of successful people that's led by a successful person. And chances are, they all feel important and they all feel seen and they all feel heard because that's really all any of us want. You bet. And, and so uh, that's the key, the key to longevity and, and working hard and, and, and being willing to, to um, keep that idea that you're, you get to work in radio, to serve a community, to help raise money for charities. You get to entertain people, you know, um, Radio has always been the ultimate companion. And and when you remember that, and if you'll always keep that top of mind, because um, we've faced many challenges and we'll face many more and we've uh, survived and thrived and we will continue to do that. But if you want to you want to be in this business a long time, uh, 
be willing to learn every aspect of the business uh, very quickly. There's no, there's very few specialists. Well, I only do this. Okay. Yeah. Right. You got to be, you got to be versatile and flexible and, 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 and be happy to work in this business. Cause you know what? Uh, it's as fun today as it was 40 years ago when I started. That's right. It depends on who you're working with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. In West Texas, you know, we're going to talk about this. Yes, sir. We face competition from Town Square Media. They are a company that firmly believes in being digital first, a digital first company. How engaged and involved is your cluster in digital marketing and advertising today? Well, digital for us is, um, you know, uh, fairly new for us, uh, probably a little over a year now. And so, uh, and it's been, you know, I'll be honest with you, it's been, it's been an exciting venture to, to, you know, roll that part of, uh, uh, advertising into what we do on the radio. Uh, and I could see the, the complimentary nature of it. And I can also see the, you know, the value of it. Right. So that's been, that's been interesting to, to, uh, to learn about that, but we certainly, you know, we're certainly, uh, just getting, just getting our ball rolling there. Um, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great pleasure to, uh, compete against those stations from, from town square because there's, there's a few people that are still over there from the time that when I was over there and I know the, the kind of uh, radio stations that, uh, are in that cluster and they're, and they're still very good stations. And so when you are able to come out on top, you feel doubly good because you've, uh, I mean, you want to, you want to beat a good competitor, <laughs> you That's know, right. you wanna, yeah, you don't, you want to, it's, 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 it's so satisfying when you, you know, day in, day out, year in, year out, and all of a sudden you get a chance to, you know, to get on top. And it's like, and if you're doing it against great competition and great people, then that makes it even more special. And John, I got to say that whether it's Tommy or somebody on your team or somebody at town square, they got to think there's one person in your building just one person that really knows a lot about those stations. That'd be you, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Since you're the ops manager over there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, uh, um, uh, there, there's a lot of talented people still there and, and yeah, I was, uh, I, I knew what I was going to be competing against. I'll be honest, Lloyd, because when I took the job, I was like, Okay. Um, I mean, I know what I'm up against here because right. I know what kind, I know what these <laughs> I know the kind of stations I'm leaving. So, right. yeah. Well, but look, times have changed, and and it does seem that the 21st century is what I call not for the faint of heart. How did you and your team deal with COVID, and how do you handle changing, challenging times with your team in West Texas today? Well, COVID was um, obviously very challenging for us, but it was interesting because uh, this came up on our panel at, at TAB this year uh, uh, very extensively because uh, it was interesting to see how we were able to deal with COVID here in Midland, Odessa, and how it was dealt with with you know Radio One and Univision and some of these larger companies. It was fascinating. So when we realized that this was not a, uh, you know, uh, two or three or four a week deal. And it, we would all get over it and go back to our lives. Um, we sent everybody home and they were away from the station for about uh, five or six weeks, probably. And wow. we kept in touch over, you know, over zoom and, and, and whatnot. But I tell you the, the beautiful thing was we'd created such a team. Um, I'm speaking on our sales team. 
that uh, they wanted to come back. Right. Oh, they yeah. Wanted, right. They wanted to come back. There's some people that that didn't want to. I mean, they wanted to. They they kind of, uh, you know, rolled right into the, you know, from the work work from home, and it, and it worked for them. And they're like, I don't want to go back. But our team really missed the camaraderie and the and the communication and the and and what we had as a team. And that when so when they went home, that was something that was missing from their life. Right. Yeah. And so they quickly wanted to get back into seeing each other, communicating with each other, high-fiving each other, you know, working together. And so, um, you know, by, by the time, you know, we, we got you know, very far into COVID, I mean, we, we certainly had, you know, people that were uh, affected by that directly. And, but um, what about think- clients, you know, uh, uh, was it challenging dealing with clients during that time? Because everybody's going through so much sure. anxiety, right? Well, they were. And I, I remember it was interesting because, um, you know, you start seeing uh, there was a moment there where you're thinking, OK, well, you know, this is not so bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start seeing some national business that's going, oh, yeah, by the way. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah, um, right. And then all of a sudden, you, know, you get those first calls from local people who go, hey, um, right. And so mm. what, what we tried to do is we, you know, we we created we created several, um, you know, several plans, packages that were, you know, uh, you know, that were rate friendly. Uh, yeah, right. That, and we told them, said, so look, you know what? Um, let's do this so that we that you don't go away for good. Right? right. Or you don't go away from what you've been doing. And so, you know, we were successful at, at, at maintaining, you know, uh, several of those folks that uh, that really appreciated the fact that we, you know, uh, offered that to them. And it was legitimately from a place of caring about their business. It wasn't just, Oh, by the way, we're hurting. And if you go away, we'll be hurting some more. It was like, let's find a middle ground here where you can still advertise and uh, in a way that keeps you front and center so that you don't lose your momentum. Well, Uh, because that momentum is important. And yeah. we all know this. Absolutely. But, but boy, it was, I mean, it was certainly, it was certainly challenging, but I think that if, you know, if you were, if you're able to uh, develop a culture where people really feel like they're valued and, and, you know, you always hear that term, Oh, we're all like a family and it's, and, and sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't, it's just kind of, uh, uh, you know, a cliche, but when it's, when it's really evident, you can feel it. Then all of a sudden you have a team that, that, no matter what comes up, they want to, they want to, you know, push through the challenges and be successful. Well, they're fired up because it's the home team and you really get that feeling. My wife and I often talk about the difference between, for us, the difference between the NFL and college football, college football, the fan base is so fired up and so passionate, you right, know, right. and the NFL, well, that's professional football. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and not, nothing against, I mean, Lord, there's, Stuff clearly people love NFL football. I'm not saying something bad against them. That's I'm just right. saying this it is a different thing. And the passion at the college level is really incredible. And that's culture. And what you're describing is culture. And actually, John, what you've described during this interview is culture and relationships, relationships with your employees, 
relationships with your clients, relationships with your audience and your community. And that is, in my opinion, a symptom of some great leadership, which gets you through trouble. Because look, with humans, all you need to do is mix in a little uncertainty and some panic will ensue, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it certainly did. You know, and I think that um, what was unique about the pandemic, too, um, is that no one, no one was unaffected by that. We, that was the only worldwide, completely shared experience. Nobody got a free pass from That's any, right. we were all, we were all involved. But what I think happened was, uh, and I was talking about this uh, during our, our, our panel discussion in Austin was the pandemic changed the way our people and our employees view work in general. You know, you always used to yes. hear you always used to hear work-life balance. Well, to most people now, it's life-life balance. I mean, it's just, hmm. if I if I choose to work for you, that really means more than it's ever meant before because during the pandemic, I realized that, you know what? Work on my hierarchy of things that are the most valuable to me really started moving itself down the ladder, okay? And so... Um, yes, I need a job. Yes, I, I I love to earn money and 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 whatnot, and it's important. But it's more important about how I spend my valuable time, how I spend those valuable moments of my life. And if I choose to work for you, that you you should know that that really means something because I'm making a choice to work for you. You're not, you know, you're hiring me, but I'm really making a choice to be part of your team. I think this has shifted an awful lot. And I, if I, you know, again, we're encouragers here on this podcast and our stated message is that we encourage radio pros at all levels. And sometimes, John, unfortunately, we have to be able to say out of pure honesty, if you're working for the wrong people, find a way out. Absolutely. Because that's not right. No, it's not. I mean, and you know the difference. You know, we yes. we, we we have all at some point in our life have come across that moment where we realized, oh my gosh, they really value me. They really yes, right. They really think what I'm doing and what I'm bringing to the table is meaningful. Man, that's great. I love Fortunate. that. Awesome, amazing experience when that happens. Absolutely. Listen, we, we talk to almost every single one of our guests about the subject that no one has the answer to, but we all speculate about it. <laughs> How do you see the future of radio, John? I, I think I think radio's got a bright future if we uh, if we contribute to that bright future because radio as I said earlier, is the ultimate companion, you know, um, and, and I, I know that during the pandemic, they spent more time with us. Uh, and, and that's, what's what, what, what they're missing is that companionship, right? right? They talk about, they talk about, you know, streaming competition and other competition and what's really happened is, and, you know, and by and large, it's, it's been from, you know, larger groups that, that have been, you know, found, uh, have found themselves, you know, beholden to, you know, um, meeting their financial obligations. And, and as a result, I've had to, you know, cut talent loose and things like that. And that's yes. been going on for a long time. And that really, and that really put us behind the eight ball because 
when it's done right, it's we we know how to do it. You know, we know right. we know how to do it really well. And and people, that's why they tune in to us. I mean, yeah, they tune in for music and information. They tune in for, for that companion, that, that person in the community that tells them about, you know, what's coming up, tells them about the sports team, tells them about the, the, the great business to go to, tells them about the concert, gives them the tickets, all of that. That's all meaningful. And it's up to us. We're kind of back in the driver's seat again of, uh, of the car, can we keep it on the road? Or are we going to continue to drive it off the cliff? And that is, um, let's get down to business of creating a uh, beautiful local radio again. And, you know, if we haven't learned by now, since, you know, consolidation and we're t- over 25 years into that now, right? if we haven't learned that that's the key, then we're then we're in then we're in in trouble. Then we're right, in, we're and, in. and and all the scale in the world is not going to fix not having a relationship with people. That's exa- exactly right. And you know what? There is, um, um, you know, you could you could probably, you know, assemble a group of people of all ages and ask them about a radio station or or why they listen to the radio or or right. what it means to them. And they'll all have a bunch of different answers, but th- there'll be a lot of similarities too. And and most of it will come to how that made them feel. Okay. Yes. How did it make them feel? And if we can continue figuring out and being committed to making people feel great with our radio stations, then the future radio is fantastic. And make them and make them feel heard. Absolutely. Make them feel heard. And if we continue to go down the road of, of eliminating those people that make people feel that way, um, then we're, then we're going to be in a tough spot. Yeah. Well, you're going to be in uh, not business, right? John, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Boy, you've been pretty great. Well, thank you, Lloyd. Was, I, I looked at the uh, list of your previous guests, and I, I just I'm, I'm very honored to be in such good company. Oh, we're honored to have you on this program. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series. Do you know about this? It's inside the free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. We give it away for free, by the way. We are here to encourage radio pros at all levels. Subscribe anytime and spread the news. The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is on Apple, Audible, Spotify. You get it right on your smartphone, almost anywhere you get your podcast. And of course, you can listen to our episodes in our large and grow archive and new episodes every single week. We promise that you'll be encouraged because that's what this is about. You will also learn unexpected and valuable things because of the value that comes from each of our guest. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, email me. It's easy. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope you have a great week. As we like to say on Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you could get anything else you want. We want to thank our very special guest for this live event and podcast John Mesh with West Texas Radio Group in Midland, Texas. Just for being our patient and giving guest, a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available in minutes. And probably if you're listening to this through the podcast, 
hey, we've already delivered it. Congratulations. <laughs> JustJoeProductions.com. Uh, we got to say thank you to them for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. Subscribe free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything else from this podcast episode, be kinder then you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.